This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Not every guest takes me up on the opportunity, but I like to do a segment called The Mic Swap, where I make my guest into the host, and then I become the guest. I let them take the conversation wherever they want to take it, ask me whatever they want, and uh, it's a lot of fun, I think. This is Mic Swap. Hello, Jeff, and welcome to your own show. I am so happy to be hosting you on this mic swap of Shareable. So welcome to Jeff Gifford. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. So one thing I see from you all the time is content. Like you are the master at producing content all the time, consistently, and phenomenal deep dive, you know, well done content. So you know, I really want to hear about how you produce this much content. So can we talk about how you produce the content and some of the writing uh, tips that you have specifically? So yeah. let's start with like, how do you get so much content created? Okay. So a couple, there, there are probably like three things that I think um, lead me to be able to create content as much as I do. So the first is I have a schedule. So by having the schedule, and, and I, it took a long time to get this schedule the right way. Cause for a while I was trying to blog every day, couldn't keep up with it. Tried to do a video blog every day. Couldn't keep up with it. So like you have to have a reasonable cadence that you know, you can keep up with. So knowing how long it takes me to create a piece of content, I've created a schedule where I blog twice a week. And that's my, that's my priority content is my blog. My secondary would be uh, shareable. Uh, it's a very close second, but if I had to rank the two, my blog always will come first. And then I have other types of content as well. We do Hero Council together. I've got episodes of Rogue whenever I can get a guest for that. Um, but the way that I go about blogging is I have a schedule of twice a week. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I have a very... Um, uh, well-defined process of capturing ideas. So one thing that I think that I do differently than other people is that when I have an idea, I capture it. And I try to capture at the moment that I have the idea, any information that will help me later when I come back to it. Because I think what a lot of people do if, if they have like a notepad by their bedside, right? They wake up in their morning and they're like, Abraham Lincoln... And, and like, you're like, what does that mean? Right? Like, done that. yeah. And you like, what you look at us or like, it's dark and you don't even turn on the light and you try to draw something and you wake up in the morning. It doesn't mean anything. So like, I tend not to do that. I've lost a few ideas, but mostly I will capture the title. Usually it's a, a headline that captures my, like, I'll think of something like, well, that'd be a good headline. And then I'll go and start developing that idea because there's something that that headline represents for me that I'll like start to go through. So the second is, is that I capture the, um, the idea. The third is that I am a voracious content consumer. So because of that, I have a lot of, um, I think of it almost like radioactivity, right? Like radioactivity in, in, in an enclosed space is just atoms firing everywhere. They might smash into each other. That's kind of how I think of like what's happening in my brain is like I'm reading stuff across the spectrum. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to audiobooks, And all of this stuff is happening. And what winds up happening is that two completely disparate ideas smash into each other. And I go, oh, those two things have something in common. And then I utilize that to create a unique angle on a particular topic. So those are probably the three big factors that are happening in terms of the ability to create content to actually do it, right? So like those, those set the conditions for it, but like now you have to sit down and write. I would say that the final thing about the sitting down and writing thing is that um, 
one practice. I've been doing it for, I've been blogging since 2008. So when you've been doing something that long, it becomes a little bit second nature to sit down and do that as opposed to like starting from scratch. The first thing is, is the practice. Uh, The second thing is kind of being able to tap into um, a particular mindset that um, like when I'm writing it, it's part rant. Like, so a lot of my stuff is like very emotionally charged. Um, So it's part rant and it's part um, just like flow state. So I know that when I sit down to write, I usually set aside a full hour for myself because that's about how long it takes me to produce almost anything you've seen. It usually takes me about an hour, uh, except for the really, really big things. Um, So I just set aside that time. I get into my flow immediately. And then I kind of look for the emotional charge about a thing. And that's what kind of helps propel the energy of the post forward. Gotcha. So I have some follow-up questions naturally. Where do you capture it? So I have a feeling I know the answer, but I think that can be helpful for people to understand. Like this idea pops into your head. Like what do you physically do with it? Yeah. So I use Notion for a gajillion things. Uh, I've used other systems in the past, but I actually have my entire content calendar inside of Notion. And my content calendar works such that I can put in ideas, I can develop the idea right in Notion, and then I can move it through the kind of the content calendar process of publishing and then promoting. So I do it all inside of Notion. So I capture the idea, I have sort of templates that are set up to allow me to understand where am I publishing it, Uh, I can tag it, I can do different things. I have some things in there if I get stuck that are like content publishing tips that I can look back on and that helps to kind of start the engine again. But yes, I do it all inside of Notion. Okay. And you have a, I know you have a process for this, but I want to hear more about that. How important is that process for you to be actually able to get all this content out the door? So I think it's critical because usually ideas, if, if you're anything like me, and I'm sure all of you are at least something like me, that you have ideas Not when you sit down and you go, okay, it's time to think of an idea. It doesn't work like that, right? Like it's in the shower, most likely. You have nothing around. So uh, I hope, Uh, or you're in the car or you're, so there's all of these places. So I had to design systems that I could get ideas out of my head quickly because too many times I've said, oh, that's a good idea. When I get to my destination, I'll write that down. And I get to my destination and people are talking to me and this and that. And then all of a sudden I got nothing. Like, I can't even remember what the idea was. I was like, it was something about, A music video? I don't know. So like I got nothing after that. So I try to capture at the point of the spark as much information as I can, because I know that as long as I have the start of something, I can then go back and develop it. But if all I have is like the chicken scratch on the side of my night table, you know, that's just like a word or two, I get that that doesn't let me do anything. So there are actually the two systems that I use is one, I either put it directly into Notion. That's when I have the ability to stop and actually type and develop it and everything. In this instances where I can't do that, I use an application on my phone called Drafts, which does excellent dictation. So what I'll do is I will just blurt out everything that I can in like kind of like raw note form. Uh, it doesn't even have to be like complete sentences. I'll just say everything that I need to say and it gets captured in Drafts. And then when I get back, I take that and move it into Notion and delete the original inside Drafts. And then I've got my system. Okay, so people, if you're driving, this is pause, go back, write down that process because that is a solid process as a productivity coach. I'm like, yes, Jeff. <laughs> and, and it's repeatable. So you're doing that again and again and again. And I'm imagining every time you do this, it, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah, 100%. And like, I, so on the new iOS um, iPhone, there are widgets and I have a widget for drafts 
And that is my go-to if I'm driving. Um, you know, I know that I, I believe that I can launch it using Siri shortcuts, like not to get too geeky, but like, otherwise I can just tap that button. The dictation will come on and I just start blah, 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 blah. <laughs> a lot of my ideas legitimately happen either when I'm in the shower or when I'm walking, my dog is a big one. So I'm walking the dog in the morning, I'm listening to a podcast or an audio book and someone will say something I'm like, Ooh, and then that sparks an idea for me about a thing I should write about. The other thing, and this is, I actually just thought of this now, is that another place that a lot of my ideas come from are people ask me questions. And I go, I'll just write a blog post about that. So two good examples. Um, I just did a post about how to determine your marketing budget. That was a question I was getting time and time again. Well, what should I budget for this? What should I budget? And I was like, I'm just going to answer this in a post. And then I had another one about content atomization. Like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, let's show you. And I wrote out this giant post about content atomization. I love it. That's amazing. I, I have a very similar experience where I, I'm hit with ideas. I think you and I are both high idea producers. And so we're getting ideas all the time. And I love the fact like you're you're depositing it somewhere in the bank. So when you're ready to make a withdrawal, it's there. It's yeah. there for you. So, all right. I know you and I both use block scheduling. So presumably you've blocked out time on your calendar and during the week to get this writing done. So what happens if you are just hit with the force of, I'm not feeling it today. It's, it's, you know, 9am I'm set to do my writing and I just, I'm not there. What do you do then? Well, I don't have that. Um, and I don't have that because I don't see writing as a, a creative expression. It, it is, it's a skill. It is a thing that you sit down and you do. So I don't, I don't put the force on myself to have the idea in that moment. I put myself in the position that I have a library of ideas and one of those is going to speak to me. So if I, I, so I write Sunday mornings and Wednesday mornings because I publish on Mondays and Thursdays. And I, I, I missed my first blog post last, last week or two weeks ago in like a year. And I was like mortified. Um, but anyway, so I sit down Wednesdays, like today I sat down um, and I was writing my post and I got two thirds of the way through it before I had to jump onto a call. So I'm going to get to it later and I'm going to finish it before tomorrow. But um, yeah, I don't actually ever have that where I sit down and I say, oh, well, I'm just not feeling it. Because to me, I, I don't, it's almost like I, I, when I go to the gym, I never feel like lifting weights. Like I hate it actually. Every day before I walk in, uh, I work out with a trainer two days, two days a week. And every day before I walk through the doors of those gyms, that gym, I say, I really hope he calls and cancels. I really hope that he texts me and says that he's not feeling well and he can't come because I don't want to do it. But as soon as I get through those doors, I will do whatever he tells me. If he tells me to lift weights, I will lift weights. If he tells me to throw a ball against the ground, I will do it. If he tells me to smash a tire with a hammer, I will do it. Whatever he says goes, that's how I roll. And with writing, I show up at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. The time is blocked off. No one can have it. I will write. I think that's amazing. And when you have that list of ideas, you said something's going to strike you. So, yeah. you know, if you've got a list of 20 ideas, there's probably something in there that like, oh, I'm feeling that one today. That's what I'm going to write about. So yeah. do you have a strict content calendar or it's really, you know, whatever topic moves you that week, that's what you're going to write about? I usually have three to five uh, posts that are in development. They're being worked on. Like right now I have a post that is extremely vulnerable and um, it's about 85% done. And I'm just, I'm just not sure about it. I'm like very, very unclear about whether, and I, it was like a Wednesday or Sunday, I sat down and I spent all my time writing that post and I got towards the end and I said, 
I'm, I'm just going to abandon this. So then later on, I had to like start an entirely new post uh, or work on one of the ones that's in development. So I always have usually four, three, three to five in development. And I'll typically have on deck another 10 to 20 that are just random ideas. I've done a little bit for them. I'm maybe waiting for the right timing to publish them mm-hmm. or the right moment where I'm really feeling like I have more to contribute. Some of them are just ideas that I know that um, I've got the start of it, but I just need to think them over a little longer to figure out what I want to do with it. Like what's my point or perspective? Because one of the things when I write is I'm very clear that I don't want to write a post that someone else has written. That's just boring to me. I want, even if I'm covering a topic that other people have done, I want to do it my way. So because of that, um, you know, I, I, I am reluctant to ever post something where I feel like I don't, I'm just going through the motions, right? Like I want my post to be uniquely me. I love that. So if we're writing, and you mentioned earlier in this show, keeping up with it, keeping up with it. I think we, we often set out to say, I'm going to do this. And for the first couple of weeks, you've got that like force driving you to do this thing. The motivation is high. And then life sets in, work challenges set in. How do you ensure that you keep up with it? I know managing the schedule, but thinking more, I guess, less about yourself and more about the people who are saying, I don't know if I should give this up or keep going. What's your suggestion for those people? I think part of it is like, there's two reasons you're going to keep going. One, you love it. Two, you need it, right? And hopefully you can find one where it's both, right? So my blog, I would keep writing it if no one read it because mm. I love to write and I love and I write about things that I truly legitimately in my soul believe are important. I write about critiques of social networks, about uh, issues in our culture of work. I write about things about productivity, about sales, about being a good client, about being a good vendor, you know, about being an entrepreneur, about fear, about motivation. These are all things that like, it's my, my blog is almost like my journal for people to read. And I try to include some, you know, a lot of value for other people that either they can see themselves in it, or they can take away something of value from it. Um, like tangibly, right? Like how to do X, Y, or Z. So I think for those who are like, should I keep doing this? I think the first question you have to ask yourself, is this the right format for me, right? Because I've done videos before. I've had three instances where I've done 30 days of video and I've made it 21 days, I think, on all of them. And then I've given up because keeping up with video was extremely difficult for me. Podcasting, I've been podcasting since 2013. I love sitting on uh, you know, a Zoom call or whatever, and just or Skype or whatever, and just chatting with people. I like people. I'm curious about people, so I can keep up with that. Um, I think the main thing is you have to find whether or not it's something that you could keep doing it, regardless because you enjoy it. Now, on the other side, maybe you don't want to do any of these things, but you know you need to market your business in some way. I would say find the one where you feel like you're doing the best possible work with the lowest possible effort. So I believe that my blog is my best work and is the least effort for me. To sit down and write is the easiest for me. I can jump on a video and do a, a video, but like, I, I don't love my video work as much as I love my blogs. Um, my podcasts, I like a lot, but I don't like listening to myself. So I found the thing that I like doing, and I think that's e- probably the easiest way to keep it going is find the thing that like you just like doing and you'll probably do that. it more. I love that. That's amazing. Well, and I know we're... <clears throat> Don't have all day. You and I could chat all day, you know, about so many different things. But I had the privilege of reading a, an early copy of your book, 
and getting to just dive into that world of, of leadership with you, which was just a total tree. And I loved reading it. So how did you get that book done? I mean, you had an idea, um, you wanted to get it done, but, but actually making it happen is a whole nother thing. So can you just take a minute or two to explain how that whole process happened? Because it is impressive. Thank you. Um, I feel like my process of writing a book, talking to me and then talking to like, say, 25 other authors, I think you would get a dramatically different story from me than you would from if you were to find like themes and trends, mine would be an outlier. And, and there's a couple of reasons for it. So most authors that I've spoken to were much more rigid about their process. They were like, oh, well, I had to write a thousand words a day. Or I knew that, you know, on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I would write after work or write as I got up and I would have to write 1500 words. So I didn't, that's not how mine worked. And a lot of people will describe authoring a book as like giving birth. They're like, oh, it was like so hard, this and that. Realistically, it was not hard for me to write the book. It took a long time but it was not hard. It, the thing that was difficult was the consistency for me. So I wrote my book over the course of about 15 to 20 days. So my entire book took me 15 to 20 days to write about 65,000 words. So I'm a binge writer, like I, and, and I'm, a, I'm a binge worker in general. So I can sit down and for six straight hours, I can work on something without letting up because the way that my brain works is that if I hit a momentum and I get into that groove, I can stay in my flow for an exceptionally long time. Mind you, if you were to come and offer me a glass of ice water and a three minute conversation anywhere in there, the entire day is ruined. I would not be able to get back on it. It would just be like, that's it. Car crash of mental uh, ability. But if I'm left alone, I'm able to get into that thing like I can binge. So the first weekend that I wrote my book, I wrote 18,000 words in the weekend. So uh, now, mind you, my book went through six or seven different changes of outline. So there were, I, I had an outline at the very beginning, and then I wrote 18,000 words, and I brought in a bunch of other content, and I kept writing about anywhere from 2,500 to 5,000 words at a clip, just boom, 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 hitting them out. But it took me three to five years to do it, I think. It, so like there was a period of seven months where like, I don't even think I touched the book. Um, so I guess what I would say is take my story and realize that however you write it is how you're going to write it. Like you don't need to play by anybody else's rules to write a book, to write a blog post, to create a video, to create a podcast. You find what works for you because you don't have to be anybody else or the way anybody else works. And they don't get to dictate how your brain works. Like most of the people that I know that are authors that wrote a thousand words a day or whatever they did could not do what I did, just like I can't do what they did. So if you feel like you're a binge writer, go binge write. If you feel like you're the type that needs consistency in your system, do it. But the one thing that's consistent between me and them is I did set aside that time for it. You have to actually set aside the time because otherwise you, the, the months where I didn't do anything is because I didn't set aside any time on my calendar. As soon as I started saying, babe, on Saturdays from about 10 a.m. until about two, I'm going to just go and write. And uh, I might write the whole time. I might write for a part of it. I don't know. But like, I just need like complete space to do that. So I'm going to go and do my own thing. And she was like, okay, cool. And that's when the book got done is when I decided I'm just going to go and do that. Great. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Do what works for you. It is different for everybody. Jeff, thank you so much for being a guest on your own show. 
I would say that this was shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you could support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.